The views and opinions expressed by the participants on this show are not necessarily those of Stewart Information Services Corporation or Stewart Title. Before you make any investment, you should seek the advice of your investment advisor or attorney. When it comes to real estate, everything matters. Whether you're a realtor, homeowner, buyer, or seller, Real Estate Matters with Stuart Title is here to inform, entertain, and inspire you. Host Bill Knappick from Stuart Title will talk with guests about what really matters when it comes to owning, buying, and selling real estate. Real Estate Matters with Stuart Title starts right now. Here's your host, Bill Knappick. And welcome to the show, Real Estate Matters with Stuart Title. Thank you so much for tuning in today. As always, an extra special show. So whether you're listening right here in Houston, Texas, San Diego, you might be in Anchorage, Alaska, it doesn't matter. We have a very, very special guest today. He is the one and only Dr. Ted C. Jones. 21 years at Stuart Title. He is our chief economist. And for 10 years, he was the chief economist at the Real Estate Center at Texas A&M. People have heard of that university. Let's welcome him to the show right now. Dr. Jones, welcome. Well, howdy, y'all. It's nice to be back in some warm weather. I was in the Pacific of Alaska last week, basically, in Idaho. And, uh, you know, one of the mornings when you get up at 25 below zero, you, wow. and it's still dark outside at 930 in the morning, you think um, we're having... Uh, great weather in texas even if it's been cold who cares <laughs> well that's right we were in a panic right here in houston when it was i don't know 30 <laughs> well I, I did have to cover up my citrus trees so that's right yeah exactly well ted so glad to have you back on the show as always i say this you are the eighth wonder in the real estate world and you are such a powerful resource to Stuart title and your passion for the economy and real estate it, it's just legendary so we're, we're as always glad to have you let's tell people uh, a little bit since you mentioned alaska give us a little bit of a word we'll start out with the the economy in alaska and the real estate in alaska they have houses up there too they have houses <laughs> what have you alaska is having some tough economic times right now um, first of all, 100% of their state government funding comes from oil and gas revenues or government grants. And they have a governor today that's proposing to double the oil and gas tax from 3% to 7%. And so you, you look at the big major producers global and they kind of wonder, why would we ever drill another well in Alaska? And to put it in perspective, in North America, we have uh, right at 900 drilling rigs drilling today. There's just five of those in Alaska. When we built the original Alaskan pipeline, 2 million barrels a day went down that pipeline. We're down below 500,000 barrels a day, and it's starting to wax up and uh, ice up somewhat. And uh, if we continue to drop the amount of oil, out of hot oil, because that oil comes out of the ground very hot, then we're going we're gonna to literally wax up that pipeline. You're going to have the world's longest tube of chapstick if that takes place. Oh my God. <laughs> and even more worrisome about that is that they agreed when they built the Trans-Alaska Pipeline. If ever they stopped using it, they would remove it. And I guarantee you today it's going to be very difficult to get those permits to put it back in if that were to happen. So just in Anchorage alone, for example. Is Anchorage the biggest city there? Anchorage is the largest city. and accounts for about half of the payroll jobs in the state. They lost 1,300 jobs in the last 12 months. They're one of only two states in the country that's losing jobs in the last 12 months. That's down not quite three-quarters of 1% in, in jobs, but, you know, it's it's tough, economically speaking, that that's happened. If you look at it, you have to have money to run a state government because you got all the things that states have to do. And if you don't have any money coming in other than oil and gas taxes or federal grants, you're going to be looking at laying off a lot of people. Well, it makes me think as a practical matter, if I'm in Alaska and I want to list my home for sale, I wonder what the average time is to sell a home in Alaska if you're in a, let's say, a, a desirable area even. You know, again, it's all about location and price. And uh, their prices are quite a bit more expensive than ours. Just to just imagine, I mean, you got shipping costs, just take a heater up there, those type things. And in, in Anchorage, believe it or not, there are some summers in Fairbanks that you need air conditioning too. Well, and you'd think with all the oil they've had up here, they have cheap oil. Fairbanks, for example, has some of the more expensive gasoline I've seen the last couple of months when I've been traveling. Uh, so, How uh, much was the gas up there, by the way, when, when you're showing up your rental car, assuming you had one? I, I do know this. When I was in Seattle on uh, Monday night, it was in the mid-$3 range, about a buck a gallon more than here. Uh, nothing like California has because they have uh, really heavy taxes on their transportation network in California. 
Well, okay, let's bring things back home. It, it's always exciting to hear about other places, but let's look at the market perspective right here in Houston, Texas. Wow, we're, we finished the first month of 2018. Let's tell people what is the perspective right now from your point of view. So let's look at a little bit of history. You know, we, we go back to August, uh, Hurricane Harvey hits. And Hurricane Harvey's damage was more from flooding than it was from windstorm impact. And we literally saw housing sales in August go down 24% year over year. And, and by the way, this happens in almost every major disaster, whether it's the fires in California or the fires and flooding in Oregon or Washington or Idaho or Montana or Wyoming that we saw, or the hurricanes in Florida and Texas that we saw this last year. First thing that happens is housing sales drop, and we see a very precipitous drop decline in employment. If you look at August and September in Houston, Texas, I, my recollection is we lost about 27,500 jobs that 60-day period. But then there's this other impact about all these disasters, and this is why I'm so bullish on this year, economically speaking, for the U.S., because we've had so many of these major-type things across the country. Literally, within the next 12 months, you're going to get billions of dollars of insurance money and billions of dollars of federal aid that's going to move into these markets. And you literally see these communities boom. A really good one, for example, and I'll just kind of take it back to a, one unique instance in a smaller town so we can measure it better. Look at Punta Gorda when Hurricane Charlie came in in the mid-2000s. And we literally dropped about 6 or 7% of all the net jobs there. Housing sales plummeted just like they did in Houston. But in the next 12 months after that hurricane, Cape Coral, Fort Myers, which got impacted by the same hurricane, their housing sales in that 12 months were up 11.1% year over year. In the U.S., they were up 6.3%. So now I'm going to bring us back to Houston. Sure, we dropped 24% year over year in jobs literally going between August of 2016 and August 2017. We had sold 3.5% more in September. I think it was 7.5% more in October. We ended up last year selling the most homes in the Houston MSA than any time in history. And, and I'll just, well, not even just the MSA, I'll, I'll call Fort Bend, Galveston, Harris, and Montgomery counties. So highest home sales we've ever had. And, and what happens in any of these disasters, whether it's a hurricane or the flooding or earthquakes or whatever, some people that may not have got damaged at all say, I've had enough. I'm not sticking around for another one of these. They put their house up for sale. And in most parts of the United States, we're very short of listings. So all of a sudden, a listing comes on the marketplace you otherwise never would have gotten. And then you look at people that live and work here. They're going to remain here. Their business is here. Their family's here. They're committed. Their home was lost or damaged, and it may not be repaired for one to three years or rebuilt. And it's, you have to get permits and everything else. You have to get builders lined up and what have you to come back in and redo this. So they go out and they buy another home. And then within the next one to three years, their previous home gets repaired. So they're going to sell one of those two. And then they bought the, you know, the one because of the damage. That's two sales that otherwise never would have taken place. And we're seeing that all over the country. Boise, Idaho, well, not only did they have real heavy floods and fires last year in the summertime, um, they also seem to be the landing spot for a lot of Californians exiting California because it is so inexpensive and affordable and beautiful to live in Boise. Their housing sales year over year up were up 30%, 30.6%. In Boise, Idaho. In Boise, Idaho. And a beautiful place to live and work and what have you. But uh, So you can see that these these events have a major impact. Now, now, let's, for example, let's talk about this. We're looking the whole Pacific Northwest and down the West Coast, and then we're going to isolate Texas, and then we're going to look at Florida. You want to talk about a major component of population we've just covered that's going to literally do so much better this year than otherwise. It's going to spill over to the entire U.S. economy. Florida. We shut down Florida for two weeks. I was there just before Hurricane Irma hit. Went in to give a speech that never happened, two speeches that never happened, because they, they canceled, and then I couldn't get a flight out. And I finally did get home, which was great. Uh, Florida just reported Florida Realtors, their housing sales year over year were up 1.7%. Their home, their single-family home values went up uh, 8%, and condo townhouse sales went up in the mid-7% range. So don't go out and pray for disaster. <laughs> but understand that uh, it does have positive impact in most circumstances. So it sounds like, simply put, there's a calm, there's a storm. There's a calm in the market, and then there's a storm in the market, well, well, in a way. And just look at this economic boom. From the day of Hurricane Harvey, and then I'll just talk Houston, day of Hurricane Harvey until the 1st of March, the estimate is 
that we will end up running out another two million hotel room nights than they otherwise would have rented out. Now those people, they're they're insurance adjusters, they're uh, insurance, they're federal, they're contractors, and and they were here and but they did their Christmas shopping here before they went back home. Some of those people end up always relocating where they've just worked because they like it. And, and, and so our retail sales benefited. Our restaurants and hotels are benefiting absolutely every day. Car rental companies, y- you need to understand the impact of these things. And, and even though it came from a bad thing, um, you understand that, that bad news gives you good news in the long run. When God gives you lemons, make lemonade, and that's what the economy does, these type of events. There's no question about it. The, the ripple effect, and as you describe it in, in this analytical way, that's right. You're, the, even the, the Home Depots, the Lowe's, the hardware stores, I mean, it, it's incredible how that the drywall people, not to mention just drywall, but there's so many things that happen from that. And, and I, as I was driving in today, as I always do, there are so many people on the Katy Freeway and other freeways, but I'm traveling East on the Katy Freeway, and I'm just thinking about it for some reason. Sure, there's a lot of cars like all the time, but look at all these cars. If, if I were to be in a helicopter and count them, there's thousands at any given time all over this, the, the freeways. It's fascinating what's going on here. Well, and remember in Houston, because of Harvey, we ended up destroying a half million vehicles. That's and right. And so while we, we actually saw car sales declining, they went up dramatically in the last three months of last year. Well, by the way, for everyone listening out there, if you go to a car auction, there's this real sweet thing from Texas selling real cheap that's used. Don't buy it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it's right. probably been underwater. Now, I do want to mention real quick, I'm going to go back to housing sales because we're talking the overall economy and how quickly things like technology and everything else changes. You know, we're still looking at oil, to oil this morning, I think sub $60 a barrel oil, somewhere in that range. And just you go back to June of 2014, and oil was 120 bucks a barrel. And I live in the the global technology oil field, and and support services and drilling and exploration in the world here in Houston, Texas. And yet, our million dollar plus housing sales last year in those four counties again: Fort Bend, Galveston, Harris, Montgomery. Those sales were up one million dollars up 11% from the prior year. And at $1,501 million plus single-family dwellings, I'll give you an example, when oil was back at uh, 120 bucks a barrel, we sold uh, 1383 and we sold 1500 last year. So technology's changed in the oil and gas business, and the economy's diversified, and things are good across the country, folks. And that brings us to, it's pretty good, it's exciting. What's the outlook, Ted? Let's, let's keep it in Houston for right now. What's the outlook from now? Say till the end of the year. Well, outlook this year, assuming we don't have another interim uh, Charlie or uh, Ike or Irma, uh, I'm very, very bullish about this. Um, we literally see the the rig counts uh, going up. Like I say, there's 900 of them in North America. I think th- roughly 300 of those are in Texas, and all that support and service for those rigs, and then future production, it, it's centered right here. I, I do need to talk about the tax law changes we've made. Now, again, we'll talk about Houston, Texas, and, and, and I heard a lot of people saying we were going to really hurt the market, harm the market, if we reduce mortgage interest deductibility. What it was before the tax law change, you could deduct up to a million dollars of loan amount. You could deduct that interest payment from your federal income taxes. And they ended up cutting it to $750,000. And again, we had a lot of economists and trade associations, one of them said, from National Association of Realtors said home values would drop 5 to 21% across the country. So, so let's look at it in perspective. First of all, before this event, we only had a little over 600,000 total mortgage loans in the United States above a million bucks. When you, when you think you got you know, 70 million homes that are owner-occupied and you got 600,000 and change that are above a million bucks, that's not a big deal. Now let's look at the $750,000 impact. And I'll bring this one back to Houston, and then we'll say how bad it is in some other areas. $750,000 loan, if you put 20% down, says that sales price is actually $937,500. Shoot. Two and three quarters of 1%, 2.75% of the home sales in Houston were above that number last year. We're above a million dollars. So... It's just not a big number. 
Now, I do want to talk about, for those of you all that may already have a mortgage loan on your primary and secondary dwelling that's a million dollars, you're okay. Uh, the Congress, in, in good wisdom, they grandfathered that in for you. You can continue to deduct it. The Congress in no way wanted to have anyone lose a tax benefit, tax deduction, that would make force them to lose their home. So that's good news. Now let's let's kind of look at the flip side of it. There's another thing we call it mortgage interest deduction, and we also call it SALT, state and local taxes. And this will hurt us somewhat a little bit in Houston, but most people know uh, because we have extremely high property taxes in Texas, and that's because we don't have a state income tax or a corporate for personal or corporations. You go to a state such as California, now we're limited to deducting between your property taxes, your retail sales taxes, and your income taxes, $10,000. Shoot. You go to California, at a million dollars, you hit a 13.5% state income tax rate. Mm. And so many of these people, and, and it, there's a reason we did this, I do believe, because principle of equalization because they were able to deduct their state income taxes, if you were a person that lived in, in for example, uh, Texas or Florida or Tennessee where there's no state income tax at all, if you looked at someone that lived in states with very high state income taxes, such as New York, New Jersey, or California, if we both made the same amount of money, we people, those of us in the no income tax states, ended up paying more federal income taxes than the same person making the same money in California. Because they could deduct, notice I said federal taxes. Yeah, they're going to pay more total taxes because they're paying the state taxes. But because they were to offset their 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 federal income tax by what deduct how much they paid in state income taxes, two of us making the same amount, they paid less. I don't think that's fair. That's not right. That's not right. The principle <laughs> of equalization and property property tax work, and it, it's a Supreme Court decision. Basically, this principle of equalization states that. Um, Let's say my, my house is worth a half million, and my property taxes are 400000 Should I appeal my property taxes? Well, you'd say, heck no, Ted, because it's worth 100000 more than, than, than what they're assessed at. But what if your neighbors are assessed at 300000 for the same house? The principle equalization says we all have to have that same tax burden, and that's a federal principle. So basically, I think we were breaking the principle of equalization when we were allowing people to deduct state and local uh, uh, taxes. Very interesting. We are going to continue our conversation with Dr. Ted C. Jones, Chief Economist at Stewart Title. Stay with us. There's so much more. Most people don't know that Stewart offers business, home, and auto insurance. In fact, Stewart Insurance and Risk Management has been doing that and more for over 10 years. And they partner with many leading insurance companies to offer great rates. They're a national insurance agency operating in all 50 states, delivering a broad range of insurance products. Whether you need a home insurance quote for a client's home closing or your own insurance needs, you can count on them. Call 866-845-4676. That's 866-845-4676. Stewart Insurance and Risk Management is here to help. And welcome back to Real Estate Matters with Stewart Title. I am your host, Bill Napick. We have the eighth wonder of the real estate world. He is known in some circles, especially this one, Dr. Ted C. Jones, Chief Economist of Stewart Title. Ted, let's tell people, you have such a following, but let's remind them as far as you have great blogs that come out at stewart.com and you're on Twitter all the time. Let's give them the coordinates on that before we continue. So if you want to read all the blogs from Stuart, and I'm about, about 90% of them are mine, uh, just go to blog.stuart.com, no www, blog.stuart.com, and you can read all these things. We have attorneys that are talking about digital closings coming up and CFPB in the past. Um, blockchain, I, I think Marvin Stone, our, our one of our experts on that, is heading into the blockchain territory real big because it's a hot topic with things like Bitcoin and what have you out there today. And then I also tweet, and I think I stuck out, you know, on any given week, I do a little over 100 a month. And if you just go to Twitter, just do DRTCJ. DRTCJ. Dr. Now, Ted C. Jones, DRTCJ, yeah. 
Super awesome. Now, let's talk about hot price areas, or the, the price ranges in Houston and, the, and the, some of the hot areas that are that are happening right now in the Houston area. So, it's kind of intriguing that if you looked at our million-dollar-and-up homes, and this is single-family. We'll get to townhouse condos in a minute. And again, this is going to be for Fort Bend, Galveston, Harris, and Montgomery counties. That's the majority of the population of the Houston metropolitan statistical area. It includes the Woodlands, Sugarland, I mean, Acadia. I mean, it's, all, it's just kind of all the big stuff that counts. Below a half million dollars, sales last year were up 2.1%. Uh, we actually did 62,502 of them. Uh, that's the most we've ever done. If you look at 500,000 to 69,999, so not quite 700,000, uh, we sold 3,713. That's the most we sold in that price range in history. They're up 2.5% year over year. If we look at the 700,000 uh, right below a million, 999999, so to speak, um, we sold 1748. Year over year sales were up 18%, but we didn't sell quite as many as we sold in 2014. We were within uh, eight of what we sold in 2015. Now, a million dollars and up, we talked about that earlier. Year over year, those sales on single family were up 11%. It's the most we've ever sold above a million dollars. So now let's step on the next one and let's look at townhouse condo sales again those same counties below a half million they were off 1.5 percent year over year Uh, but they were within like 250 of the all-time record so i think it was more availability than it was necessarily we just didn't have the demand for the product um in the half million to six nine 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 just below seven hundred thousand those sales were up 21.3 percent for townhouse condos at 256, we did sell 257 in 2015 and 279 in 2014, but they were up 700,000 to right below a million bucks. No change year over year, and we were just, um, I think, eight units shy of the all-time record in 2014. And um, we sold uh, 13 million up townhouse condos last year, 12 the year before, 13 the year before. We did sell 20 in 2014, but remember at that time we had $120 barrel oil, mm. and that that made a lot of difference. So we're seeing you know systemic across all price ranges, great demand in Houston, Texas. It's so awesome. Now let's let's take a look outside of Houston. Give us a word on say your perspective of the 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 gigantic marketplace out there and also the how the perspective will be as the year moves on as far as hot spots but around the country it's so fascinating to hear the things that happen outside of the, the texas borders so i've always said this that jobs are absolutely everything to real estate in the economy i've joked there's three jobs, kinds, jobs 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 but i've joked <laughs> there's three kinds of people that can buy a home without a job they have blue hair gray hair or no hair at all all right, I got gray hair, and we'll usually go in the last category. And and they're retirees. Um, now, so I'm going to talk where jobs are hot. The hottest job growth in the country is in Nevada, 3.31% in the latest 12 months. Oregon, 2.66%. Utah, 2.61%. Texas, 3, 2.53%. Florida, 2.51%. South Carolina, 2.25%. Washington, 2.08%, as is Idaho. California, their total employment's up 2.06%. Colorado, 2.03%. Georgia, 1.88%. Now, I will joke about these top 10. Five of the states in the top 10 do have legalized marijuana. Okay. But but just to show you that's not the cause, the, there's two states in the country that are losing jobs. Alaska lost almost seven-tenths of 1% of all their jobs. Delaware, down 13-100%. And, and Alaska does have legalized marijuana. So I don't think you can equate it to that, but I think you can equate it to technology. I think you can equate it to uh, places where people want to live. I think you can equate it to um, uh, the can-do attitude on a lot of the states where it's kind of right-to-work states and what have you. But our economy is doing really well out there. And, oh, and I do want to talk about the economy real quick and why I'm so bullish on this year. It's the corporate tax rate. You know, you cut it from 35% to 21%. And, and of course, we, we heard real quick that, uh, I'll just show you the extremes. Republicans said, everyone's going to win from this. That's not true. There are some people that will pay more taxes. Democrats said only the top 1% will win. That's not true. And if you want to get down to it, one of my favorite reads every morning is USA Today. And the reason I like it, because it's kind of middle of the road. I'm one of the guys every morning that watches 30 minutes of Fox and 30 minutes of MSNBC. 
everyone ought to hear from both sides. You will hear fake news from both sides. You will hate one of them. Your pick. I don't care which one you hate. But walk both sides. And I think USA Today does that well. But on January 16th, USA Today, it's just when the new tax rates were coming out. And the IRS was telling the employee, here's how much you have to withhold from everyone's taxes. And USA Today summarized. And they used Motley Fool data. And they're a good invest, you know, respected investment advisor. They, they estimated that 90% of Americans would have more in their next take-home paycheck. And lo and behold, they did. So first of all, it's a 90% win. A lot better than Democrats, 1%. A little bit less than Republicans, 100%. And now let's look at the corporate tax rate. And you're going to say, Ted, that's only the fat cats. It's only the big guys. It's the rich people, top one percenters. That's not true. Anyone in this country who has a 401k that has any stock... And we'll just talk about what it does to a company. And I'll just use Stewart. You know, we're traded on the New York Stock Exchange, tickers STC. In 2016, our effective tax rate was 39% corporate tax. Now, I know it's only 35% in the U.S., but we have, you know, you got state and local taxes and, and foreign taxes and what have you. Our CFO said in the Q4 earnings call last week, that uh, he thought that our uh, looking for, again, it was an estimate not to be relied on. He says, I, we believe our go-forward effective tax rates can be between 24 and 25%. We don't make 10% return on our gross revenues. A lot of companies don't. And if you reduce your corporate tax that much, now you know why Walmart is raising their lowered income salaried people from 11 bucks an hour to 15 bucks an hour. That's massive to them. I mean, think about the percentage increase. And you hear about Exxon Mobil saying they're going to invest just in Texas and New Mexico alone $50 billion over the next few years. You hear Apple Computer saying we're going to bring back $200 billion of profits that are sitting overseas. And they didn't get bought back before because they'd had to pay 35% corporate tax. Now, they will pay $24 billion of taxes at a 12% rate, but that's $24 billion. Had we not cut the corporate tax rate, we never would have gotten in our coffers. So I'm really bullish about what it's going to do to America because most of the people, majority, are going to have more money in their pocket. We're going to have more money in our retirement accounts. Why do you think the stock market's gone up? It has been on anticipation of a cut in the corporate tax rate. I guarantee you that's driving a lot of it. Just this past week, Federal Reserve Bank released that inflation uh, just in January was one-half of 1%. Now, if that were to occur for the next 12 months, that's a 6% inflation rate. Which means, because of inflation, we're going to pay everyone more. And if you have more money in your pocket, you buy more. And retail sales, which are already at the highest they've ever been, adjusted for uh, both inflation and seasonality. Retail sales are just going to boom, folks. So is the housing market So in most areas. And again, we are going to see probably some high-tax individuals in California and uh, New York and New Jersey going to go to a lower-tax state. And that could be what's driving Boise, Idaho, for example, right now with their phenomenal job growth rate and housing sales increase. That sounds fascinating. Also, when you you talked about the job growth, most of them, except for Florida and Georgia and the Carolina, they're all west of the Mississippi. So I find that fascinating, kind of like in the early part of our country, the go west young man kind of mode. But it is fascinating to see that. But I must ask, as we have not talked about New York State, New England, what's going on up there? Well, New York's job growth. In- and, of course, there's New York City and New York State. So those two so, different so things. I'll just do New York State because i got my state chart up right now. Uh, job growth in the U.S. for the 12 months ending December 31st, 2017, U.S. is 1.41%. Uh, New York was 1.04%. You want to go to New Jersey job growth, less than six-tenths of 1%. Connecticut, less than one-half of 1%. So Connecticut's job growth rate was less than a third of what the U.S. was. And we want to talk about our U.S. job growth rate because I would tell you, under normal circumstances, that a 1.41% job growth rate's anemic. And how come I'm so bullish? And, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. You go to West Virginia, 17 one-hundredths of 1% job growth rate. Uh, Vermont, 8 tenths of 1% job growth rate. Maine, 0.81 one-hundredths of percent job growth rate. Those are awful numbers. And what we're seeing is that people, indeed, we're going where technology is. Let me come down that top 10 list. Let me list the states that have major technology centers. Nevada's number one, major technology. Oregon's number two, major technology. Utah, number three, 
If you look at Provo Orem in Salt Lake City, it's become one of the really neat technology centers in the United States of America. Colorado, you got Fort Collins, Colorado. That's a major technology center. Hewlett Packard's been there for 40 some years. Most people don't realize this stuff. California, Palo Alto, major technology centers. Washington is where Microsoft's fund, major technology. I'm talking the top 10 states. So you see technology, 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 and becomes a major play in, in this. Even Boise, Idaho, and Idaho, major technology center. Texas, um, we have technology. We're kind of more diverse. We're less reliant. But you go to Austin, Texas, they'll hold their own with any other place in the entire country on as far as being a technology center. And, and if you look at Palo Alto, California versus Austin, Texas, uh, Austin, Texas is so much more affordable. Absolutely unbelievable. So we're going to see more and more business come this direction on that. And that's on my list. I just wrote it down. Austin, Texas, Dallas, and San Antonio. Give us a word on some of our, our neighbors. Embellish it a little bit more about the Austin. And and, and that's such a, a, a great, unique city in Texas. It, it's fun to visit. And it's interesting that as people, I heard the statistic that there are 400 people, I don't know if it's right, 400 people per day moving into Texas or thereabouts. What, what, uh, forget Texas, just Austin, Texas. We'll do the latest 12 months that ended December 31st last year because we don't have January data from our metropolitan statistical areas yet. Austin added 27,500 net new jobs. Now, I grew up in Montrose, Colorado. We had, we had around 5,000. You added five of my hometowns last year. Now, that job growth rate is 2.70%. College Station, 2.86% job growth rate. I mean, these, these are that's, that's a lot of double jobs. the U.S., Double the U.S. You think about that. They added 3,300 jobs. And when when you only have uh, less than 120,000 jobs, 3,300 jobs is a lot. Dallas-Fort Worth, they added 80,000 net new jobs in the last 12 months. Their job growth rate, uh, 2.24%. Dallas-Plano, 2.11%. El Paso, let me, let me just let me go a little bit more. And, of course, we all think of El Paso as a border town. El Paso is not just a border town. It is a major distribution and support center. It is equal distance from Los Angeles and Houston, Texas. Drive it sometime and you'll you'll get that. El Paso's job growth rate, 2.1%, 6,600 net new people. You wanted to get to San Antonio here real quick. San Antonio, 3.18% job growth. They added 32,700 net new jobs the last 12 months. Do y'all get this yet? Midland, 3.11% job growth rate. Odessa, 1.58% job growth rate. We're just seeing really, I call it internal, like when you give a a tree a a medicine, systemic. We're seeing systemic job growth in many, many states across this country. It's fascinating. And also, when we we come back right here to Houston, Texas, as we think of the, the Houston, our friends, the real estate brokers here, every time I talk to an individual or a leader from their, the respective companies, they're adding another branch in Katy, or they're putting another location in this place, in Cyprus, everywhere else. There's so much growth and expansion of, of companies where there's the company exists, but they're also opening up new locations in the various areas right here. And we need to say that once again. During Hurricane Harvey, in August and September, we lost mid-27,000 jobs. We ended up the year, year over year, ahead 45,500. Guess what we had been ahead we not lost those jobs? And our job growth rate still topped the U.S., even though you lost the 27,000 and changed jobs at 1.51%. So, so guys, we, we, very neat time to live many places in this country because the economy is doing so well. A very exciting place. Also, let's remind people we're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Ted C. Jones, Stuart Titles, Chief Economist. Let's tell them again the coordinates, Ted, so they can follow you on the top 10 list and the blog once again. So under Twitter, I'm DRTCJ, Dr. Ted C. Jones. And uh, if you want to read not just my blog at Stuart, but all the blogs at Stuart, about 90% of our mind, Go to blog.stuart.com. No www, just blog.stuart.com, and you'll get there. Or just go to stuart.com and scroll down a page, and you'll find me there, too. And we're going to continue our conversation. Stay with us. We're on Real Estate Matters with Stuart Title with Dr. Ted C. Jones and your host, Bill Nampick. Stay with us. Stuart. 
title continues to serve real estate professionals, buyers, and sellers all over Houston. The Stewart Kirby Drive office has moved to Kirby Grove at 2925 Richmond Avenue with beautiful views to enhance your closing and, of course, the A-team of professionals, Sanford Real, Lauren Reed, and Bree Nodal. Located inside the 610 Loop, you can choose valet or covered self-parking. You'll enjoy your next closing at Stewart Title Kirby Grove. If you're a buyer or seller, tell your realtor you want to close your real estate transaction at Stewart Title Kirby Grove. Call 713-528-5007. That's 713-528-5007. Or go to stewart.com for more information. Sanford, Lauren, and Bree will welcome you to Stewart Title Kirby Grove and raise the standard of your real estate transaction. Stewart Title Kirby Grove. And we are with Michelle Steffen with Stewart Insurance and Risk Management. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bill. Super awesome to see you again and have you on the show to talk about insurance. And recently we had Tom Carpentier, your president at Stewart Insurance and Risk Management, talk about being properly insured. And that's so important. Let's tell people some of the things they need to think about. Yeah, we have our home, we have our car insurance or whatever else, but we want to have not just a policy, but to have the right policy. Absolutely. So I think um, the first thing that I would say is that being properly insured is different for everybody. There's not a, a one size fits all for everybody. So it's unique to the situation. It's unique to the home. It's unique to the individual. So we really need to evaluate the entire risk, which means everything that needs insurance, and then identify uh, the best product for their needs. And that is a great point because everybody's situation is different. And not only that, our situations may change from the beginning of the year till the end. Definitely. There are life experiences. There are life events that uh, change the the risk as we know it. So um, mortgagee changes. So people refinancing, they need to have their policy updated. It's potentially a great opportunity to evaluate the coverage and and see um, where there may be some some holes in the, the, the risk and coverage. Let's say someone's talking to you, Michelle, about their home and homeowner's insurance. What are some of the questions you may ask to, to determine this proper coverage? So for individuals who have children, there are some innate risks with kids, right? Their friends over at their house um, potentially having trampolines or items like that. I'm that are, seeing more trampolines. I just saw one yesterday, and a kid was on it bouncing absolutely. up and down. And I, I mean, thought, it's, it's great for kids, right? But it's, it's uh, potentially catastrophic oh. for the parents. If um, the trampoline in the backyard is left unattended and the gate is unlocked and kids come in, then that's a, a potential liability exposure for that, that parent. So uh, we evaluate things like that. We talk to them about their teenagers who may be becoming uh, licensed drivers in the next few years. And we have those conversations, let them know what the risks are in advance, and then uh, find coverage solutions for them as well. That's right. Everybody has. And then there are people that may have a watercraft. They may have a, a home that has even a dock and they have a boat. So even then, yet another component of someone's profile of of how they'll be served for insurance-wise. Definitely. Just like uh, an auto insurance policy, watercraft policies have bodily injury limits that are included. So that's the the owner of that watercraft's liability in the event that they're um, wrongful or, or they uh, cause injury to someone else. So it's very, very similar to an auto policy, equally as important. Everybody uh, would love to have, um, you know, proper insurance and, and um, products that are valuable at the at claim time. So we really aim to do that, identify the risk and then find something that's going to be within their budget, obviously, but also provide them the extensive coverage they may need. And I was thinking, it's funny, I was thinking about a home that I just recently sold that, that I lived in for 12 years. And of course, there's a lot of things I miss about that home. However, I was thinking about it just the other day, walking the dogs. And that is one of the things I do not miss was a potential liability in that home. The home was a, a two-story home, mm -hmm. but it had a very steep staircase. And I, fortunately, there was never an accident in the time I was there. But I, every now and then I thought, boy, if someone were to fall down these wooden stairs at this angle and the height. Absolutely. I thought, man, that could be trouble. And I don't know how I would be covered for that. But, Definitely. But accidents do happen. They do. So you have personal liability, which is the first, uh, I think, method of defense, if you will, for uh, homeowners who have... Um, 
essentially visitors on their property have been injured. But there's also a no-fault coverage called medical payments to others. So it means it doesn't matter if the homeowner is necessarily faulted or not faulted, but it's a it's a quick no-fault coverage that somebody could receive reimbursement for their out-of-pocket costs uh, if somebody's injured. So that's the first line of defense, really, is the medical payments. Up from that would be the personal liability, which is typically a higher limit. I just thought of something also, and that is, let's say we have people working at our house. Mm-hmm. And let's take a company that is a cleaning company, and they're insured and accredited or whatever the designations are. But they have people come periodically to clean our home. Number two, let's say we have a yard person to take care of our yard. And, oh, yeah, even if we have a pool, we may have a pool person come Absolutely. by as well. But if any of those individuals or their team are hurt on our property, that's where insurance kicks in. Definitely. So we need to be mindful of those exposures. Definitely. And in fact, in Texas, it's not quite as big an issue as it is in other states. As an example, California, if you don't specifically have that that coverage listed for domestic workers, then the coverage isn't available. So you have to indicate that on your coverage. In Texas, um, fortunately, we don't have to include that. It's it's part of the personal liability. Again, a domestic worker is not somebody who lives on the property, but occasionally visits the property to do works for earning. So that's something to consider. Absolutely. That's why you should always consider your liability insurance limits up to 500000 and then an umbrella policy, which provides the excess of that. And I'm glad you mentioned about California and other states. We'll remind people, certainly most of our listeners are maybe right here in Houston. We're broadcast from Houston, Texas. However, people can buy Stewart Insurance and Risk Management, your home, your auto policies, umbrella policies in any of the states. They could be in Pennsylvania listening right now and choose to use you for their home or auto or anything else. That would be awesome. We'd love the opportunity to work with them and uh, identify some of those those risks. You know, again, it's different in every state. So areas like Pennsylvania may deal with snow, the weight of ice, sleet, freezing, things like that, way more than we would in, in Houston, Texas. So um, we consider all of those risks, and our agents are, are super prepared to have those conversations. Indeed. I grew up in Pennsylvania, and cars are slipping around there all the time in the ice and the snow. And, of course, people can go to Stewart.com to see the full menu of insurance offerings right there on the first page, but they can also call. What's the number, Michelle? 866-798-2827. Again, 866-798-2827. We look forward to speaking with you. Ladies and gentlemen, Michelle Steffen, Stewart Insurance and Risk Management. Thank you, Michelle. No problem. Thanks, Bill. If you've been in the real estate industry for any length of time, you know unexpected and costly events can happen. Safeguard yourself against the unexpected with Real Estate Errors and Emissions Insurance, or E&O, through Stewart Insurance and Risk Management. Not all E&O insurance policies are created equal. How confident are you that your current E&O policy fully protects you? Stewart Insurance and Risk Management offers expertise in the real estate industry and tailors your coverage to correctly manage your risk. With Stewart Insurance and Risk Management, facing the unexpected just became a lot easier. Safeguard your future with real estate E&O insurance through Stewart Insurance and Risk Management. Call today at 866-845-4676. That's 866-845-4676. Or email us at stewartinsurance at stewart.com to request tailored insurance options for you and your business. Welcome back Real Estate Matters with Stuart Title, your host Bill Nampick, and now he's back, Dr. Ted C. Jones, Chief Economist and the eighth wonder of the real estate world for Stuart Title. Ted, welcome back. Honored to be back here. 
All right. Well, let's tell people, you are so passionate, and it's contagious. I get passionate about it. I get excited about living in Texas, most of all, and hearing about what's going on all the time. You draw audiences. How many times throughout the course of the year? We're in January, but I think you've spoken, I bet, already 50 times. I don't know if that's right. Well, maybe not 50, but uh, (laughs) you know, I'll do uh, 125 to 180 speeches this year, presentations. It's unbelievable. Right here in Houston, I, I could probably count off 10, and you even have one upcoming here in March. I think it's March 9th. I'm going to put that out there as a teaser. If you're interested in seeing Ted right here in Houston near our corporate office in the Post Oak area, you can reach out to Keaton Kaner right there at Fine Properties. So check him out. You're going to see Ted in person. I don't know if you Sometimes you're even signing autographs. I don't know. No, Not the yet. only autograph there one is a check or credit card receipt thus far, unfortunately. So There you go. Well, let's tell people some of the things you, you've mentioned. They see the top ten. Give me a favorite, your your recent top ten list. You've had a few out there. Give me some of your – I'm sure you like some more than others. This past week on the blog, you'll read the, the top ten most romantic cities for dating. And oh, there you it, go. It was, it was a unique study. It was done by apartmentlist.com. And uh, it'll be neat for people to see where it is. And, and I, you know, for me, I've been happily married for 43 years. I, I married well. My wife did not. I can <laughs> I can prove that. Um, but that's kind of unique. What I always love the top 10 about the economy, top 10 highest paying jobs. I get a lot of questions from people saying, well, my son or daughter, or they're at college, or they're getting ready to go to college, or they're in high school, and what should they major in college? And I, I'll tell a lot of people, college isn't for everyone. I mean, you look at technology trades, tech trades, it's kind of unique. In Austin, Texas, we can actually tell you that some plumbers and electricians make more than some um, computer chip maker employees do at plants because there's such high demand for the skill set. So you look at jobs, you know, the greatest demand growth, greatest growth, uh, highest paying income, uh, lowest stress, highest stress. Those are all my fun lists. I, I travel a lot. So any job that talks about traveling, I always kind of like to, to do that one. Travel a lot for my job. Like I said, this past week alone, Pacific Northwest, Fairbanks. That's a long ways to go to Fairbanks. How many flights did it take to get to to Fairbanks? Well, of course, I had stops in between. So um, I think on this one, I did uh, Houston, Dallas. And then uh, after some other work, I did uh, Dallas, Seattle. And then I ended up spending the night there because some other business meetings. And I did um, Seattle to uh, Anchorage and did some work there. I did a day trip to Fairbanks up and back. Then I spoke at the Alaska Land Title Association Convention in Anchorage. Flew back into Seattle to get to Boise. I spoke for our Stuart Title Boise on Monday of this past week. And then I flew back into Seattle and then flew home. So then uh, that's you know less than two weeks of flying. But uh, thank heavens we have some good air service out of Houston, Texas, out of both airports. Thank and, heavens. And, of course, that makes people think about it. A lot of them that are here in Houston know Stuart Title. We have 30-some locations. Started in Galveston, Texas 125 years ago. However... A lot of people don't know we were around the United States. We're an international company, as you said earlier, traded on the stock exchange as STC. So tell us a word about the people in Alaska, a little bit about that. What was that? I've never met anybody. I've never been to Alaska. Well, this has been 19 years in a row since I've been working for Stuart. I go up there. I always say to these people in Alaska, and remember I used to live in New Zealand for almost three years, and I've done a lot of work in Australia. I always say to them, y'all need to understand this, that Texans, Alaskans, and Australians are a lot alike, except y'all have funny accents. And they laugh at that every time, because they, they think that y'all is a funny accent. <laughs> These are, uh, the Alaskans to me are much like Texans. They're, they can do, people. Don't tell me I can't do it, because I can do anything I want to do it. This is a hearty group of people. Man, you know, I mean, like I say, you land in Fairbanks at 25 below zero, and you think, yeah, you, you're you not a lightweight if you're out there at 25 below zero. No, that's, that's, that's yeah. hardcore. It really yeah, is. And, 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 but but I, think, I think they're a lot like us, Texas, and Australians, and, 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 and New Zealanders, and Alaskans, because they just know how to roll up their sleeves and get things done. And I think that's why we like people. I think Boise, Idaho, the people in Idaho are the same this past week, too. Uh, very, very intriguing on those those things. But um, so I, I, I do like traveling, but I sure am enjoying this above thirty degree weather we're having. Now. Yeah, to me, to me, I love the the fifty to, to sixty five to seventy degree zone. That that's very exciting. And and tell us again. You mentioned some of the things that you do to get information and that you like. What are some of the other resources that you use? Because there's so many that as you compile this information and do your speaking engagements, tell us some of the things you like. So. 
you look at it, and as I mentioned earlier, I love USA Today. And, and by the way, I actually get that on my iPad through the USA Today app. It's a great read. And I usually just go, that's my first read of the morning. It's typically the money section in USA Today. I subscribe to WSJ.com and WallStreetJournal.com. Uh, no reason for me to ever get anything in print because I haven't been in my office in two weeks. And if you're not there, you come back to foot-tall pile of newspapers that are all, all obsolete because it's all old data. Uh, I love reading Realtor.com. I love NAR.Realtor. NAR.Realtor is the National Association of Realtors website, and it features their research and other information and statistics. I subscribe, and these are cost-free, the housing wire each morning I read when it becomes available. And the MBA has two daily pushes out in email form, and it kind of covers all the latest research out there. Uh, enjoy that one, too. I read Bloomberg Businessweek. Um, starting to get, I think, more fake news than I want to have from it. You know, we all have opinions, but don't make it the lead on the article. And then tell me what the data are and the backup data on that. As I told you, I, I watch uh, MSNBC and Fox News both every morning. Uh, you'll hear fake news on both sides. I do a lot of research. National Association of Home Builders has a daily email push right now. And if NAR hasn't picked up the, the research on it, they have. And so uh, you get to read up, and you don't have to do all this work, but you can be kind of current on all that's taking place at that point in time. And I enjoy, you mentioned the Wall Street Journal. I do get the print edition and sometimes look at it on the computer, but I love the Friday real estate section, the mansion section, and I also enjoy Robbie Briggs, how he has that advertisement every week for up teen years now. In fact, he's been a guest on the show. But that, that, that is just fascinating, the kind of things they bring forth. Also, uh, I read a lot on commercial real estate. Uh, and I'm going to read something on, uh, you know, I'll tell you about I read something on, on real estate that everyone's going to say I do the big yawn. I had done a lot of property tax work in years past and decades past, and it's always neat to see what's going on in the property tax world. Um, as, change, as tax has changed, whether it goes from uh, deductibility or anything else, it's going to impact us all. And we depart now from the economy and economist stuff. However, Ted, we are in, in Houston, Texas, an exciting city, a great restaurant city. Once again, as we think of some of the things, and I know you get, get great dinners as you go out there and travel. However, when you come back home, tell us about some of the dinners you might have enjoyed lately. Or I'm still going to come back here. My wife has a food allergy, so we have to be really careful where she eats. And uh, I love both Landry's and Papa's. She has never had any gluten issues at either of those restaurants. I think I'll put those restaurants up against any in the world. Now, this past week, I did have some uh, absolutely incredible uh, halibut in Alaska. Wow. Uh, and later this summer, I spent two weeks up in New England working at all of our, kind of like last week, multiple speeches in a week. And Mabel's Lobster Claw at Kennebunk, Port Maine. Oh, man, there's just absolutely nothing better. They, they don't even put the lobsters in the refrigerator. They go straight off the boat that Love we're just that. taking out of the traps, right in the back of the restaurant, and you can't beat it. It's absolutely incredible. And, of course, last time we were there, President George Bush, 41, was there, and his crew. It's it's neat to see people like that enjoying local. I like to call them hold-the-wall places. That's what I love, that are different to uh, we're good on that. I just love it. So awesome. Dr. Ted C. Jones, Chief Economist at Stewart Title. Ted, once again, let's tell them the coordinates, how they can follow you, the top 10 lists, and everything else. Uh, if you want to read all the Stewart blogs, blog.stewart.com, no www. And on Twitter, DRTCJ, Dr. Ted C. Jones. In fact, you had a recent tweet about the interest rates, and I think people were guessing what they're going to end up. What was your What was your uh, prediction? Well, my prediction is we're going to be between 5 and 5.3%. 5 and uh, a lot of people, very. I think... I may have been the only one. I'm not sure. I guess I haven't looked at it in a couple of days now. But, uh, yeah, I think we're going to be 5.3%. A lot of people don't think it's going to change where it is. Rates are going no place but up, folks. And you heard it right here. Real Estate Matters with Stuart Title. Thank you so much for listening. Dr. Ted C. Jones, the eighth wonder of the real estate world. You can hear more. You, if you want to hear it again, go to Stuart.com forward slash Houston. Once again, Stuart.com forward slash Houston. You can hear all the shows and this one again and again. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Real Estate Matters with Stewart Title is sponsored by Stewart Insurance and Risk Management.